We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Thursday, and you all know what that means. It is time to talk about Notre Dame-Clemson, keys to victory. The Fighting Irish have a big game this weekend, Ryan. They take on the fourth-ranked Clemson Tigers. We've talked a lot this week about the opportunity that is in front of Notre Dame. Uh, You've got the number four team in the country, tons of recruits coming in. It's going to be a nationally televised game, obviously. It's going to be a night game, and it's an opportunity to really put a lot of the stink of a couple of the losses Notre Dame has, you know, sort of behind you. It doesn't erase them, but it puts that stuff behind you and really get puts Notre Dame in a position to finish this year incredibly strong. And there's a lot of recruiting implications present and future in this game. This is the kind of game Marcus Freeman talked about it today, Brian, and he talked about it again on Monday and he's nailed it. This is the kind of game as a recruit, as a player, you come to Notre Dame for. It's these heavyweight matchups against a top-ranked team. Man, it, it doesn't get any better than this, Ryan. It really doesn't. Now, I mean, if I could start with the recruiting side of thing, Brian, you know, Sean Styers texted me this morning and was like, do you know how many recruits are going to be on campus? And I, I actually tallied it up, man. I'm like, there's 60-plus that are going to be yes. on campus this weekend for Notre Dame, Clemson. And you know that that is a mass – I mean – recruits and commits alike have been talking about this game for Notre Dame for months, man. Like I remember in the preseason talking to like Sam Pendleton about, you know, when he's going to make it up to Notre Dame during the season. And he talked about the Clemson game. He's like, everyone's going to be at the Clemson game. Right. So this is a national game. Obviously a lot of, if you're a Notre Dame fan or you're a national media member, or you're just a general fan, you're going to watch this football game Saturday night at seven 30 against what has been, even though Clemson's taken a, a small step back over the last couple of years, this is still one of the premier programs in college football over the last 10 years. Like they have been tremendous, obviously, right? So Notre Dame gets an opportunity on a national stage at home to show the progress that they have made. That's this game for me, right? Like where is this program going? I think that this is going to be a pretty awesome indicator for what success could happen. And you have a perfect situation, I think. You haven't played well at home, but you have a chance to flip the scripts you have a chance to impress in front of recruits fans i just saw earlier that the game's already sold out like as it should be right so should be a great crowd should be a lot of recruits 
And for the players that are going to be playing this football game and the coaches that are coaching, this is, to your point, this is why you come to Notre Dame, man. Like this game, the USC game, Ohio State to start the year, this is the game that you come for. And this is where you need to get back to get back to prominence, to play a game like this and to win this type of football game, obviously. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ryan, I think the one thing about this game, and, and you know, we'll kind of get into our predictions tomorrow, but I don't think this is a game where Notre Dame has to play out of their minds. And we'll get into this in the keys of the game. There are areas where Clemson has an advantage over Notre Dame. No, no question. Yep. But there are also more areas than we've ever seen that Notre Dame has areas where if they play their game, they have advantages over Clemson. And that's really ultimately, you talk about keys to the victory. We'll get into some specifics you know, of the, of what they need to do. But, you know, this is one of those games where Notre Dame just has to be themselves. It just be the best version of themselves that we have already seen. They don't have to play out of their minds. They don't have to play perfect. And I think that's a, a really important thing that coach Freeman hit on to them this week and why he said the, Hey, we're Notre Dame comment is guys, you don't need to put the pressure on yourselves of everything has to go exactly right or we can't win, which, you know, was kind of close to being accurate in 2018. Not as mm-hmm. much in 2020, but definitely 2018. And so you look at this game, and as we said, this is a really good Clemson team, but this is not 2018 Clemson. This isn't 2015 Clemson. It's a team that – and Notre Dame's not those teams either. Notre Dame's got some areas where they're better than they were then, some areas where maybe they're not as good as they were then. But the matchup is better for Notre Dame. And I think that's a big right. key that people have to understand is Clemson is certainly capable of coming here and kicking Notre Dame's butt. There's no question. I mean, we if Notre Dame plays like they have in half the games they've had this season, that's going to happen. If they play the way they did against Marshall and uh, UNLV and Stanford, Stanford, then yeah, probably get their butts <laughs> kicked, right? Cal, you know, probably mm-hmm. get their at least the first half. But if they play the way they did against North Carolina, the way they did against BYU to a degree, the way that they did against 
last week against Syracuse and, and to a degree of how they played defensively against Ohio State, then they, they, there's no doubt that Notre Dame can win this game. And I think that's the thing that's a little different this time than what we've seen in the past is this is definitely a Notre Dame team. I think the last Notre Dame team that I saw that matched up this well against Clemson was mm-hmm. the 2015 team. Just And it's not so much that this is the best team since then. It's just the individual matchups and the unit matchups of this game are places where I think – because, like, we talk a lot about, you know, I'm really worried about the fact that, you know, Notre Dame's strength is their offensive line, but that's Clemson's strength too. Well, the same is true if you're looking at it from a Clemson standpoint. Man, like, this key to our defense has been our D-line and our our ability to shut down the run. But, man, this is the best offensive line we faced so far this year by a mile. You know, those things are true on both sides of the ball. And so I think that's the difference between this matchup and some past matchups. And that's why it is important that the words that we've talked about so much this year, uh, play with fire, be mentally ready. But the biggest thing is have a good plan and execute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm cool. more confident in the second than I am the first, at least offensively. Sure. What are your thoughts, Ryan? Well, well and Brian, I was, I was going to say that, for this game, people aren't going to want to admit this on a national perspective, but these teams are more similar than they are different this year, in my opinion, right? Like there's a lot of the same strengths. There's a lot of the same weaknesses. There's a lot of same growth that needs to happen on both sides of the football, if we're being honest. I mean, you talk about the quarterback position is one that's like very, very eerily similar right now with how that position is playing, what their success is built on running the football and stopping the run. Like there's a lot of similarities between these teams. I would say this too, and it goes off of your point, right? Notre Dame, and we've talked about some schematic changes that we have wanted or emphasis changes, I should say, right? You know, the ability to diversify the run game and have a higher emphasis on this player and that player and so on and so forth. But I think for me, one thing that I want to stress to this team this week is you know what you're good at, right? And there's things that you can do to work off of what you're good at for sure. But don't try to be something you're not this week. That's that's right. not what this week is for, right? Be true right. to what you are and expand upon it. That's the there biggest thing. Like I don't some people will look at this game, big matchup, Saturday night, primetime, all that stuff, and they'll say that for Notre Dame, this is the game to pull out all the stops, throw out the kitchen sink. And I'm just like, I don't think that's true. Like you need right. to expand upon what makes you successful. your strengths. That's right. the key, Ryan. Complement yeah. your strengths. Not I, like you said, I think you, Ryan, that part right there, hammer on that. I want yeah. you to hammer on that because you, you do not have to gimmick your way into success against Clemson this year. Because I, I think, I think that when you're going to hear this breakdown, especially today with the areas that we see as strengths for Notre Dame and potential problem areas, and then vice versa on Clemson side of things, this is not a perfect Clemson team, right? Like you don't have to have the perfect game plan to win. These teams are more similar than I think people want to admit. And I think that there's going to be some cases and there's going to be a lot of cases where Notre Dame's dudes can be better than Clemson's dudes that are facing off against them. And it also can go vice versa. So I, I think that this game really does fix, fix to be a dog fight. And I'm not saying that's a dog fight as in like, it's going to be 17 to 13. Although, would it shock me if it was like, not necessarily, but I just think for me, Notre Dame has more strengths than people want to really let on in this game. And Notre and Clemson is not a perfect team. This is a team that will make mistakes. It's about Notre Dame capitalizing on those mistakes and being better in some key areas. That's for me. You got quarterback issues. Mm-hmm. 
You got receivers that are were four-star recruits that aren't living up their expectations. A lot of production at tight end. A running game that you're trying to build around, but it's a little inconsistent. You got two position groups on defense that are really good, but a third that's a little spotty. Does that sound like a lot like Notre Dame? Does that also sound exactly like Clemson? I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. Right? There's there's exactly. there's some comparisons. There's some parallels in this football game. Like there's a lot actually, which is yeah. pretty yeah. interesting to kind of look at. Well, Ryan, with that being said, let's jump into our keys to victory. And we're going to start with the Notre Dame offense. And uh, if you don't know what my number one key is right now, then you're either new to the channel or you haven't been paying attention. Ryan, key numero uno, start fast. And it's always different every week, right? But there's one key ingredient to this week that we'll start with first, and that is you need confidence on offense. Drew Pine especially. Tommy Reese's entire early game plan needs to be about how can I get Drew into some successful situations early? And it's Mm -hmm. not always about easy throws or, you know, get him on the perimeter. I mean, there's a part of that. There's something to that, some of those easy throws. But we saw him miss a pretty easy early throw on third down. It's whatever he's comfortable with. Like, here's how my script would have been put together for Friday or Thursday and Friday. Whatever Drew was money on in Tuesday and Wednesday in practice. <laughs> I don't care if you think it's a great play or not. If Drew was money on something in practice on the times that you repped, and hopefully you repped your plays enough to where you feel comfortable that he hit something time and time again. And if not, then that's a problem that you need to address. But it's a thing where if his mind is like, man, I had a lot of success with this in the week of practice, then he's going to go into those throws early with confidence in those throws, right? So that's part of it. And that can include taking some shots, you know, which we'll get into. Uh, it's it's imperative that, that Drew get comfortable early. That's a key to starting fast. You've got to get the crowd into it early. I mean, that's a big key because you want the crowd loud. And yeah. I think you need to put Clemson on their heels. I think that's a big thing is if this Clemson defense – can just pin their ears back and go, then you you can have some success. You can have some success, or they will have a lot of success against you. If you can get them on their heels and, and find ways to, uh, to attack their pressures, find ways to you know get the run game going, find ways to hit a couple shots down the field, get them on their heels. Ugh, you know those are those are areas where you could start having some success. But the biggest thing is. On all the other things, you'll get early points, give your defense a reprieve, which is another part, you know, protect your defense by getting some early scores, give them time to get up to speed of what Clemson's doing. But the biggest thing for me is, is just the comp is the, is the Drew Pine aspect. If they can get true Drew comfortable and confident early, they're going to have a chance to have success offensively. He is ultimately the one key above all others in this game is if Drew can just play good football, doesn't need to be Hercules. Just play good football. The shots are there, take them and hit them. You know, the easy stuff that is there, take it and hit it. Hit those easy throws. Hit the open guys. Guys will be open, right? If he can just play good football, then Notre Dame's going to be able to move the ball and score in Clemson, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you you said it perfectly to begin it, right? The defensive line, and we've talked about this a ton already this week with the Miles Murphys of the world, the Brian Brissies, Xavier Thomas, KJ Henry, Tyler Davis, like – those guys are attack type players, right? Like they want to pin his ear back. They want to get after the passer. And I mean, I feel like we always talk about how, what are ways around that, right? Like we talk about 
the screen game and running at them and slowing them down that way. You know what's another way to stop a lethal pass rush and an attack-style defense? It's to punch them in the mouth and get up early, you know, and to, and to be in that situation where they are now guessing what you have to do. When, when you are a one-dimensional football team against that type of unit, that's when they feast. And I think an early start, the ability to throw the football and come out strong and you know, get maybe get a couple scores relatively early in this game, that exudes confidence not only for your team, but I think it puts the Clemson defense into the worst possible situation that they can be in, right? Because I think the perfect situation is that Notre Dame's able to run the football. They're able to stay balanced. They're able to have success. So if you get in that early rhythm, this Clemson defense is going to res- – I'm interested to see how they respond, Brian, because like even a – overarching kind of encapsulation of this program is that they're used to winning, right? And for the most part, they're front runners, right? Like they, they're, they're winning and they're winning pretty convincingly in football games where they're taking early leads and they're kind of just finishing games out. If you come out and you start fast and you shock this team a little bit, you put them backs against the wall. You know, I, I'm not saying that they'll, they'll collapse, but I am interested to see how they do respond in those yeah. situations. Cause it's something that they're not incredibly used to. You know, it's it's not it's kind of foreign territory for him. You know, like, I think you saw this in the second half of the Wake Forest game. Once Wake Forest offense got going, there wasn't a whole lot Clemson could do. They were able to regroup in, in overtime, which was good, but they just couldn't because they have, like you said, they haven't been put in that situation a lot this year. You know, where they they've really been threatened the way that that Notre Dame can threaten them. Of course. They've got Notre Dame's got to still go play and, and prove themselves, but that's going to be a key. So starting fast is going to be number one. Number two, and this is going to be sort of big picture. We'll get into specifics next. Is this is kind of obvious, but also too important to not be a key. And that is they've got to have a dominant performance from the line. Now, a dominant performance from the line isn't that you dominate your opponent. I don't know mm-hmm. if Notre Dame's capable of dominating Clemson a dominant performance against a dominant defense means you're doing your job you're getting a push you're executing at a high level you're playing with good technique and when the opportunities are there and you catch them in a play you know you catch them in a slant the the wrong way you catch them in a twist you catch them in a linebacker fire you got to get a body on him because if you can knock that guy out and let that running back get past you there's room to run and I think that's going to be a key. And then the other part of, of being where they where they do need to dominate Clemson as much as they can is in pass pro. Mm-hmm. They've got to give Drew Pine some time to throw. Now, what I would do in this game and, and what I would do if I was Notre Dame, the one thing that I would do differently is they have to do more of getting Drew drops on downfield stuff in the shotgun. He's kind of catching that snap and not really getting depth which is why the pressure gets to him a little bit sooner, or it, it it may seem like it's getting that there sooner. If he's going to be attacking down the field, they need to do a little bit more of a big drop at the beginning to get him some room, which means you've got to you know keep things a little bit wider. But I think that's going to be a key in this game is the, the offensive line has to play at its at its top level. And it's across the board. And I I like the I like the perimeter matchup. I think Notre Dame can hang there. The question is going to be can they contain the inside group of Tyler Davis, Brian Bercy, and, uh, you know, Ook Aroro, Rook Aroro. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be a big key is look, they're going to have their plays, but for the most part, you got to keep them in check and just hammer away, chip away, chip away, chip away. Cause eventually 
you're going to get that one play where you do catch them. And that's where you've got to you've got to be able to make some plays. It's a great note because I, you can't expect Joe Walt to win every rep against Miles Murphy, right? Like, there's a reason that Miles Murphy is going to be a top ten to fifteen draft pick this year come April, right? Like, he's that type of player. But I think that the interesting part, Brian, is that the offensive line has been playing really well for Notre Dame. We know what Clemson has. We've talked about it in nauseum already this week, but. For Notre Dame to make that next step as an offensive line and to have this type of football, to have a victory in this type of a football game, you have to have Joe Waltz play better than than a guy like a Miles Murphy, right? Like he needs to have more wins than he has losses in this football game. You need to have Blake Fisher have another good football game, building, keep building off of what he's done the last couple of weeks. And a player that we don't talk about too much because he's just kind of been doing his job and getting things done the last few weeks. Jared Patterson is really starting to settle into that left guard position and playing good football. Zeke Carell's taken a step forward. He's been good. Josh Lugg maybe just played one of his better football games last week that he's played probably in his career, if mm-hmm. you know, just kind of in a in a vacuum. So the fact that your interior is playing better, you need to match physicality and you need to be up for the challenge, man. Like that's one of the biggest things. Is yes, are, are you are you going to lose some reps against Brian Percy? Of course you are. There's no doubt. I mean, the kid's extremely talented. Are you going to lose some reps against Miles Murphy? Absolutely. Are you going to lose reps against uh, Tyler Davis at times? Yes. But the key is that you need to leave this football game and say, my offensive line was better than Clemson's vaunted yes. defensive line today. Yes. Like That is the point blank. Domination, to your point, not realistic, right? Like dominating the football team is going to look – this football team is going to look yes. a lot different than it is against Syracuse, for instance. Correct. But Correct. But they need to your, – your dudes – we were talking about Joe Walt, maybe an All-American this year. He's playing that well. Well, He's going to be an All-American. The question is will he right. be a first team or a second team yes. or you know that kind of thing, third team. Right? And that difference is this game, right? Like against the right. Miles Murphy where everyone's watching – all the voters are watching this football game and to see how he reacts to playing against one of the best defensive ends in college football. Your dudes on the offensive line that have seen a huge, huge improvement over the year, you need them to be more of dudes on Saturday than what Clemson has defensively. That is the point blank to it. And I think that that's, that's ultimately, you know, we talked about that's getting it early rhythm. And starting fast is is maybe the number one key. This one might be actually my number one key, Brian, because it's mm-hmm. it's just something where your strength needs to be better than their strength at the end of the day. And offensively, right. if you do that, there's going to be opportunities. At that point, your playmakers have to capitalize. That's that's the end of it. I would say I wouldn't say it's more important. I think it's a different key. And and this is why I always go with start fast first, because start fast is sort of an overarching encompasses all of it. Right. Well, you can't start fast if this if your offensive line doesn't come out playing well early. Right. That's kind of where I'm coming from. And that's what happened in 2020. If you go back and you remember that game, Notre Dame did two things really well. They took shots down the field and they got Kyron Williams going, Kyron Williams going on a couple big runs. Well, the reason they were able to get Javon McKinley open down the field in 2020 was because Ian Book was getting time to throw. And the reason that Kyron was getting free is because they ran those counter plays and they blocked dudes up and they got Kyron in space and bam. Right. He was able to rip off a big run. So it was the strong. I mean, that was arguably the best performance that that offensive line had all year. And that was a pretty good offensive line in 2020. And that yeah. was probably the best game they played all year. And and that, you know, again, that was a lot of these same dudes that Clemson has now. But now they're older. Right. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have Tyler Davis didn't play in that game, as we've talked a lot about. But, 
know, this is an opportunity for Notre, this Notre Dame offensive line to truly have a statement game. They've played very well the last month, very yep. well. But it's been against teams that you're like, okay, well, they're playing better, but, you know, it's against North Carolina and BYU and, you know, Stanford. The offensive line actually played very well against Stanford. Uh, the rest of the unit didn't. You look at uh, UNLV, you look at Syracuse. Those are games you expect the Notre Dame offensive line to play well. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but your dudes are definitely better than their dudes. This is a game that's a little bit more evenly matched. This is the game where you truly find out just how good you are or are not. You know, can you beat up on the little guy or can you step up with someone that's as big as you are, as bad as you are, and say, yeah, but you're not me and you're not at Notre Dame and this is who we are. So that's going to be a big part of this. And then – a, a third key kind of ties into the play of the offensive line is as a coaching staff, you have to help your offensive line. And I mm-hmm. don't think Notre Dame, they can't be, they can't think that they can just go into this game and run duo and counter the whole game. They can't possibly think that. And I know that they've thought that for the last month, but that can't be the key. And part of me, I found myself in the last 48 hours kind of getting into fan mode. And what I mean by that is, you get in that as a fan, like, you know what? He wasn't showing this the last two games because he was saving it for Clemson. Like, you almost have to convince yourself of that, Ryan, because you just look at this team and you say, there's no way they can possibly think that they can go play Clemson and just run duo encounter, right? They've got to be saving some stuff. They've got to be saving a buck sweep or a toss or something for this game. Moral of the story is they're going to have to mix up their run game. That doesn't mean you yes. don't need to run 35 outside zone plays, but you have to be able to do things. And what does it mix mixing up the run game mean? Number one, you've got to be able to get some of your runs established out of 11 personnel. I know 12 and 13 has worked for you, but against Clemson, you'll have some 12 and 13 opportunities, no doubt. I'm not scrapping 12 and 13, but there's some 21 and 11 personnel stuff that you've got to figure out a way to get going at the run with the run game. Spread Clemson out, get Barrett Carter out of the box as much as possible, and try to find some opportunities. Because I think if they can have success running sort of where, where Jeremiah Trotter's the primary guy, that's where I think they can have some success. That's a guy that that is going to be a key. And part of putting together a good game plan is, and we'll get to this in, in, in number four, is you got to find some ways where this is where this is a guy we can go after, right? Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first things, like good coaching staffs that I was on. Heck, even one of the, the bad coaching staff I was on. That was always the first thing that we did. We would do is who are our best dudes and who are their worst dudes? And who are some guys that we can go after? And that's going to be a key in the run game. So it's it's about formational. It's about trying to find ways where you're getting creative with motions and shifts. I would do more play calls this week and not scans. What I mean by that is, you know, what Notre Dame did a little bit last week is they went and they got in the huddle. I would do more stuff like that. You know who Clemson is. Clemson's not a real tricky defense. They'll bring some edge pressures and walk some safeties down, but they're not a, a real tricky defense with guys moving all over. They, they're, they're sort of like under Godwin. They like good when they just we're going to line up and we're going to come at you. Well, that kind of plays into your hands because you can do some shifts and motions and things like that where, you know, you can get you can out leverage them a bit if you're creative with how you motion and shift. Right. That's a way to help protect your run game. And then the other part of it is do more things to protect your run game. That's also part of mixing up your run game. You know, incorporate RPOs, you know, do some things where you're 
where you're getting your quarterback out of the pocket a little bit. You know, do some sprint outs where you're, you know, sending the guy in motion. And if they're going to play tight, like if you're going in motion and they don't want to take Barrett Carter out of there, that's cool. Go in motion, send Lindsey or, or Styles on a quick slide and just out leverage them and get them out there because their corners play off a lot. I, I think they're going to come and play press, but you have to be prepared for them to play how they are on film. Get a quick slide route. Do that three, four times. You just steal some easy yards. Next thing you know, bam, you come back with a sprint draw, and you're taking that sucker out the back door with Chris Tyree or Logan Dix, right? I mean, those are different things that you can do to protect your run game and or protect your offensive line where they don't have to just physically be better than Clemson for 80 straight snaps, right, or 65, 70 straight snaps. Do some things where schematically you're giving them a chance to – sort of say, hey, we don't have to block all four or five or six of these guys. We only got to block one because mm-hmm. we're we're going out here. And I think those are some things schematically that Tommy Reese and the staff can do that will will enhance the ability to run the football. Because if you can catch some of those gash plays and, and some of those type – because what did Florida State do, Ryan? I mean, how, how did Florida State rack up – was it over 130 yards in the first half? Part of it mm-hmm. was things Notre Dame can't replicate. They can't call – like the first touchdown Florida State has is just read zone. Jordan Travis pulls it and runs 25 yards. They can do that. I mean, Drew Pine can can pull that thing and run for eight, nine yards. He's not going to necessarily run for 25, 30, where you got to make a guy miss in the backfield. It wasn't like Jordan Travis pulled it and there was nobody there. He pulled it and mm-hmm. had to make a guy miss in the backfield. Then he was gone, right? So there's some things you can do, Ryan, but it was it was mid-zone. They had an early mid-zone that got bounced outside, and then it was outside zone, outside zone, outside zone. Right. I mean, yep. that's what they hurt him with. Now, Notre Dame is not going to all of a sudden become an outside zone team, but mm-hmm. that's a play that they hurt Clemson with. Actually, I think the the, the touchdown run by I have to go look it up now. I'm starting to think that the touchdown run against Clemson in, in uh, 2020 was actually an outside zone play. Uh, so I'm actually going to look that up because I remember the hot the, the counter for sure. They had they hit a counter, two counters for touchdowns against Clemson or against Florida State that year. But anyway, the point is that inside and out, you don't want to be a team that's running left and right all game against Clemson. That's not where you want to make your living. But there's mm-hmm. definitely some opportunities for that to where if you can ha- – yes, I'm, I'm watching it now. It was an outside zone play. That's the touchdown run that they hit against Kyra Williams, outside zone to the left. So, you know, there's some opportunities. They went they went uh, basically two receivers to the right, a, a wing tight end to the left, and a, and a W to the left. They just ran outside zone. They were able to get a nice kick out, just reached and got outside and sealed the linebackers off. So Liam Meikenberg had a great a great outside block on that. So, yes, it was outside zone now that I think about it. So mix that stuff in, right? Because mm-hmm. then if Clemson's thinking, I got to run right left a little bit, next thing you know, you're coming running inside zone or duo right up their behinds, and they're a little less prepared to brace themselves and go at you. Right. And that's why I think those things are key. Well, and I love that you started not with just because I feel like people here diversifying the run game or, you know, adding things to it. They just they just start thinking about, okay, so you want them to run more outside zone. You want them to run inside zone. And yes, the answer is yes. But also one of the big things that you were talking about to begin, and I agree 100 percent is, is that if you change schematically the personnel that you're in more 21 personnel, more 11, those things are things that Clemson right now has not seen on film much. They haven't seen it a ton, especially mm-hmm. when you, when Notre Dame has been at its best offensively, like you've been seeing a ton of 12 and 13 to your point, right? Like they've been that type of more heavy run formation type of team so far. 
So if you come out and you do those things, I mean, naturally, right? If you are in a more spread look, your defense has to counteract that, right? So you're going to take a guy, extra guy out of the box. Like, again, I always say this, but football is a numbers game at the core. It's you want to exploit numbers and you want to win where you have a numbers advantage. Like those things are the biggest things in football. So get those numbers advantage by your alignments. And then after that, and I could not agree more because I think we just talked about it. Offensive line needs to play a great football game. You need to be dominant there, Mm -hmm. but there is a way to help your offensive line and diversifying the run game and giving them different looks makes the Barrett Carters, the Trenton Simpsons, the, the um, the Jeremiah Trotter Juniors of the world. Jalen Phillips, who comes downhill Jaylen, a lot in the run game. Yep. Jalen Phillips, yep. Keith McGuire, when he comes in, because he plays a decent amount of football as well, it makes them not be able to be as predictive into what they're looking at, right? Oh, wow. I, I, I On film, all I saw was duo and inside zone all day. Where did this outside zone come from? Where did this counter come from? Where did this buck sweep come from? Where did all this come from? I'm not seeing it. My keys are just different than what I was anticipating them be. Help your offensive line. And from there, if you're able to help your offensive line, I think that's where the matchups come, Brian. It's like, okay, can Joel beat a Miles Murphy one-on-one? That that might be the, the key block on a play. When we've seen over the last couple of weeks, there's some plays where Joel ends up blocking two guys. And yeah. It's it's right. awesome, but against Clemson, it's not going to be as effective as it is against Syracuse. Like that's right. the point line to it, right? Well, so help your offensive line diversify the run game. And the, and you talk about like a an outside zone play, Ryan. The thing I like about outside zone is being a, a part of it or a buck sweep is you don't have to have a dominant block. Right, duo requires dominance. I mean, that's inside zone requires a level of dominance. Outside zone requires a level of it to a degree. But you know, Joe Alt doesn't have to drive Miles Murphy back. He just has to wash him out or seal him. You know, those are the things that that he has to do. And and so, and you go look at that outside zone that Notre Dame had against Clemson for a touchdown in 2020. Nobody like there was one great block on that, just like great block where a guy just got you know, just got dominated. And that was, that was a block that Liam Eikenberg had on the second level. You know, I mean, they, here's the thing. They caught him in a slant, right? Clemson slanted away. You had Michael Mayer had a good block, but the linebacker comes across. Liam Eikenberg washes him out. And then Aaron Banks just gets to the second level and, and, and seals the guy off. He didn't destroy the guy, just sealed him off. And then bam, you open it up because the reality is Ryan in, in this kind of, in this kind of matchup, you don't need to run outside zone or buck sweep or whatever the case may be 15 times. No. You run it four, five, six times, and you and, and with the goal of being number one to, to open up opportunities in two ways. One is on those plays, if to your point, they're not expecting it and they mm-hmm. don't necessarily have their run fits keyed in as much as they as they would duo and counter and stuff like that, then you run the then you have the opportunity of catching them in a for a big play. And if that happens, now all of a sudden they're not as downhill oriented on your other stuff, which means mm-hmm. you soften them up a little bit, right? And 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 you know you soften them up with the outside stuff, and then now all of a sudden you're kind of going at them, and now they're like, okay, now we don't know what to do. Right. And so those are those are going to be big parts of it. But as you as you said, and as we've say, said before, diversifying the run game is not just about play calls of the run game. It's also about how you run. It's about exactly. what you use to complement the runs you know, mm-hmm. your play actions, but more so RPOs. If Clemson wants to load the box, you've got to have some opportunities to get the ball outside. You're going to yeah. have to steal some yards. 
and especially to to run the ball, especially Brian, like for this game, we talked about it, right? Your offensive line needs to be better than their defensive line on the day. And I think that you need to make the second and third levels of Clemson guess wrong. You need to make them uncomfortable because right now, I mean, as a, as a former linebacker, right? If I know if I know that one or two things are coming and I can read and I can react really quick, I'm going to be successful. If you now start messing with my process and making my guessing game turn like completely into guessing, then that's where you catch guys in bad positions. Yeah. Where you catch them late off the of snaps, that stuff happens. So I really think it's playing better up front than what the defensive line gives you, winning that matchup and manipulating the second and third levels. Like that's the biggest thing for me is like you need to make them guess wrong because they have a lot of speed, but you can use that speed to your advantage in certain ways. And I think making them guess wrong is a big way to do that. Key number four, mm-hmm. they've got to attack the secondary. And and we talked, you know, kind of pre-gaming this. We've talked last week. It's not just one thing. This is a game where Tommy Reese needs to, and his staff, Jared Parker and Dylan McCullough and, and Chancey Stuckey, need to look at this and say, guys, our, our kids can make plays against them. You know, I've talked to, you know, coaching friends in the business, and I've said, hey, here's what I'm thinking about this game. Tell me I'm wrong. And they all say the same thing. Yeah, that secondary can be gone after. There's no question that secondary can be gone after. And it's inside and out. And that's going to be the key is you can't just say go after the safeties, go after the corners. You go after both of them. And I think there's some place to be made. Number one, their safeties, as we talked about yesterday, Ryan, their safeties have given up 695 passing yards. That's over double what Notre Dame safeties have given up this year. Double. You've got to find ways to use your run game and use your your formations that they that they're going to key on. Use your tendencies against them. Know your own tendencies. Know how Clemson will play those, and then use them to attack. That means you know go twelve personnel where Michael Mayer is ISO blocking, right, or you know or solo blocking where he's staying in. It's a max pro, and you run double post behind him right? Mm -hmm. Or a seam in behind them where you know you're going to get Clemson to bite down hard on that and take a shot. You know, run a corner route, run, pardon me, out cuts, you know, run maybe a play action or where you get Drew Pine out of the pocket and those type of things. Those are things that you can do where you're going to attack the safeties and then just attack them up the seams with dropbacks. I mean, there's different things that you can do, you know, get those linebackers running with under routes and then come behind them with stuff. There's opportunities there. Seams between the safeties and linebackers. Deep in cuts where the linebackers fly. Because the linebackers do a really good job of driving on crossing routes, right? And I think they do anyway. Well, yep. use that. Use that. And so run a drive. You know, have Michael Mayer be your drive guy where he just is going to, hey, Mayer, you know, Mike, your job is you're going to step right on the linebackers' toes, man, and run right across their faces. And let them know here comes the stud, and because they're going to collision the heck out of him. And you know what they're doing? Know what happens? What they can't do if they're collisioning Mayer, they can't get depth to to cover the fifteen to twenty yard in cut to Lindsey or to Mitchell Evans out of twelve personnel, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, Ryan, even something simple like a, a twelve. Per- I mean, this is old school pass play stuff that I think could work against Clemson. You have your twelve personnel two by two right? Run Mayer on a cross and Mitchell Evans on a 15-yard end cut. And you know what you're doing behind it? You've got a post route from Braden Lindsay right behind it because those linebackers are going to crash on Mayer. And if that safety comes down on Mitchell Evans, you're banging that post route over top. If the safety stays back and you're kind of using Lindsay as sort of a 
a clear because you want to t- you want the safety to see him. So I'd actually do it from kind of a reduced alignment because you want mm-hmm. Lindsay to you want that safety to see Lindsay now because what right. you're trying to open up is that inside route to Mitchell Levins, things like that, you know. Or if you're going to go out of twelve personnel uh, with the twins to the right and you've got Mitchell Levins there, run the high low backside. But then have Mayer run that cross right there. Have this number two receiver run a seam route to take out that and then run the outside guy on a 15 to 20 yard in that way. These are old school pass plays that I know Notre Dame has in their offense that are things that that could really work against this team, you know, Mm -hmm. out of the things that you do. But those are all isolations where you're trying to put the safeties in a bind and trying to isolate opportunities to go after their safeties. But here's the deal. One of the things I've seen on film, Ryan, is their corners do not play the football well at all. Yeah, You've got to get Tobias Merriweather, you've got to get Deion Colsey, and you've got to get Brayden Lindsey in some opportunities to just go. Just mm-hmm. go. And, and if you can do some things like that, I, hey, listen, Drew, if we get a one-on-one and I call this play – you stare right at that safety until you get to the top of your drop, and then you just throw it outside. There's yep. no read, dude. No read. Get to your drop and let her rip. There's You can't be late with this throw because there's no read. You're hitting your drop. You're staying right at the single high safety, and then just throw that sucker out to Tobias or Dion or Braden or whatever the case may be. You've got to take those shots. Tommy did that in 2020 to Javon McKinley, and they crushed Clemson. These corners aren't as good as those corners, right? Some of them are the same, and they haven't gotten any better. Sheridan Jones is, was played in that game too, and he he hasn't gotten really any better. So you've got to be willing to be aggressive. That I want to see Notre Dame attack Clemson. Attacking yep. doesn't mean you throw eighty-seven bombs. Attacking means you know maybe you push the tempo a little bit, but just be aggressive. Don't be afraid of them. Because Marcus Freeman said, "Hey, we're Notre Dame." You know, mm-hmm. we, we've got to we've got to go after them. What well, you show you show your players that you actually believe that by your play calling and let Clemson know, hey, fellas, we're not nickel and diamond you today. We're coming at you. Right. We're coming at you. And if if you hit a couple of those now, all of a sudden Clemson's like, Phew. this is why I said earlier in the week, Ryan, you look at the if you look at the USC Notre Dame game in 2017. Now, again, this Clemson defense is better than that defense. But that was a decent USC defense that year, right? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it was a, it was a pretty good USC defense that year. At least it was early, before Notre Dame just annihilated them and took their soul, and they were never the same team after that. But if you go back and look at that game, Ryan, Notre Dame that game went nine of twenty two for one hundred twenty yards. That's it, and Notre Dame rushed for three hundred and seventy seven yards in that game. But the key to that game was Brandon Wimbush's arm. I just said 9 of 22 for 120 yards, but he hit a post route and a back shoulder in the first quarter down the field for two touchdowns, and USC was like, okay, now I don't know what to do now. Like, <laughs> we had geared everything towards stopping the run this week, and they just scored two touchdowns throwing the ball over our head. I don't know what we're supposed to do now. And that's the kind of thing you need to do. It, we saw something like that against Clemson and, or NC State that year as well. They hit, remember that backside seam route down the field? They hit the Durham Smythe to set up a touchdown. They had another shot down the field. Like when you can do those things and you're a power running team, teams are like, well, shoot, now we don't know what to do. You know, and, right. and you've got to make sure you're designing them where they're easy reads for Drew, right? It can't be like a, okay, I'm going to my my fourth read is the post route. You know what <laughs> I mean? 
Uh, it can't be that. It's got to be, dude, you got one, two. Inside post, outside post, right? Go route, deep out. That That's it. That's your read. You know, scissors, post. You know, I think smash is a play that I think they can run this week. I would love to see them hit a boundary corner to Mitchell Evans on a, on a two tight end smash cut. Run Michael Mayer on just a wide hitch or a wide stop and then send Mitchell Evans on the corner and just throw that sucker out to him. I promise you that'll mm-hmm. be there this week. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that's there in the secondary. You just got to mm-hmm. design it well. You got to protect it. And it's up to Drew to then say, I got to go hit it, man. And then we kind of circle back to the beginning where they need Drew Pine to just play good football this week. He doesn't have to play out of his mind, you know, shaking off blitzes, running around, breaking tackles, throwing across his butt. I don't need him to do all that. Right. If he does, mm-hmm. great. Just, dude, here's the throw. Here's the read. You got this. Right. And, you know, if he can be that guy and, and say, well, Drew Pine can't be that guy. Yeah, he can. And he's been that guy. We've seen mm-hmm. it. He saw yep. it against North Carolina, saw it against BYU. If that dude shows up on Saturday and Tommy Reese has a good game, Notre Dame can move the ball on Clemson and they could score on Clemson and they can beat Clemson. Even though the cornerback group isn't as good as it has been in the past, Brian, it's weird because they still implement them kind of the same, you know, like it's, it's, they're not going to, they're not going to mask things too much on the back end. Like the corners are going to be in man to man a ton. They're going to be on islands and they're just going to say, you know, you're going to be better than Notre Dame's dudes, right? Like we saw it against Wake Forest. Like they left Wake, they left their guys in man to man against Wake all day and it didn't make any sense it didn't make any sense they never I mean, how adjusted many, they never adjusted how, how many one-on-one go balls did sam hartman throw that game like it was just ridiculous man just like outside one-on-one just let your guy get get an opportunity that's what and that's what you're talking about right like that's what you're saying so the opportunities are going to be there have yeah. to make the play right like there's no yeah. excuse not to make that play because you can't tell me and again i'll keep going back to this but i will even if Notre Dame's wide receivers aren't playing well in spurts and the quarterback play isn't good in spurts, you I'll still take Tobias Merriweather one-on-one against Nate Wiggins. I'll still take it. I'll still yeah. take it. I'll take that chance. I'll take Deion Colsey one-on-one against Nate Wiggins. I'll take the shot. I'll take it. Or Sheridan Jones. Yep. Or Sheridan Jones. Yep. Lorenzo Lorenzo Styles. I'll take that shot. I'll take and it. And if I'll you see those two first two guys, Ryan, matched up against mm-hmm. Toriano Pride, mm-hmm. who, who I like, but he's a mm-hmm. nickel right now. Yeah. But they'll put him yep. outside. He's 5'10". If mm-hmm. you don't go after him, and that's what Wake Forest did. As soon as they saw Toriano Pride in the game, they went right at him. And yep. what does Wake have on the perimeter? They got 6'2", six, 6'3", six, guys that can can get down the field a little bit. Right? And length. they went right yeah. at him. They went right yep. at him. And they, got, they drew a couple pass interferences on top of the shots that they hit. So right. I want to see some of that. Attack the secondary. So those are the I- keys for offense. And and I also would not be I would be very okay with seeing Tobias in the slot at times too, yes. working some you know deep deep shots in that regard. Talk about Michael Mayer with his six four and a half, 265 pound frame or whatever the heck he's listed at now. You're going against guys that are I mean Barrett Carter six one two twenty five. I mean solid size for the position, but you know at the end of the day you have length on him. Obviously, the safeties for for Clemson are not the biggest guys in the world. I mean, their best safety, in my opinion, is probably Andrew McCuba, and he's like 5'11", 5'10". Like, he's not the biggest guy. Jalen Phillips isn't the biggest guy in the world. You have size advantages everywhere if you choose to use it, on top of them 
just not being very good in coverage so far this year. Yep. So opportunities are there. They are. Can I can I tell you a personnel grouping and an alignment that I would love to see Notre Dame use in this game? For sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw it up real quick because I want I want this to make sense to you, Ryan. Yep. It's a 13 personnel passing alignment. Okay. And this is what I want to see. It's going to be this right here. Do you see that, Ryan? I can see that, yes. Mayer and Tobias out wide in the twins. You get Mitchell Evans and Holden Stace in your wing, and you got your running back. You got everything you love out of 12 personnel in the run game. Everything. Because Holden's a decent blocker, and Mitchell Evans is blocked really well. And you've got mm-hmm. Tobias and Mayer outside. And if Clemson is not is going to go one-on-one outside, I'm throwing RPOs to Mayer. I'm throwing bubble screens to Tobias to, 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 to if you need to. I'm throwing – I'm running flood out of that because you've got your running back out. You can easily run a flood. You can run a sprint out flood to that easily. And then to your point, I've got some play action stuff as well. Because yep. now Clemson has to say – because here's the thing. You may think we're in 13 personnel. They're going to be in their base. They're going to be in their big boy formation. Correct. So then if you have Mayer and Tobias outside and a running back right there, you can easily get into a three, a three release look easily, Mm -hmm. easily. And so in that type of situation, and then you could, of course, you can motion, hey, holding Stace across to get him if you want to get him where, you know, you're in the two by two, but you get the point that I'm making there. Now, all of a sudden, though, you have to make some decisions. Do you want to get Barrett Carter out of the box to help protect underneath, get underneath some seams and some in cuts and some comebacks where you're going to, that's where you're going to get your help? Do you need to get him out wide a little bit to protect against the swing route? Because I would run swing route. I'd get Chris Tyree right there in, as running back and run a flood concept. Go by Mayer, out by Tobias, and then just run a swing. And, and the read is super simple. See that flat defender? If he comes up on Tyree, bang the out cut. If he mm-hmm. stays back, Throw a swing to Chris Tyree or, or Logan Diggs because Logan doesn't have the speed Tyree does, but Logan can make a dude miss. Chris is more yep. of an outrun people. Logan's a guy that can make people miss. Both have benefits in that look. That's a real simple thing that I know is in the offense schematically that are things that you can do to, to the point earlier where now you've helped your run game because mm-hmm. you have now put them in some thoughts where, dude, we got to treat this like a passing formation. Think about that. They've got to treat that like a passing formation. And and now all of a sudden, you're running your duo right there to the opposite side of that. You're running your inside zone right there. You're running your counter back to that because now they've got to widen out and you've now softened them up just formationally because you're willing to throw out of that. Right. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want to see where you're, to your point, Ryan, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm not going empty out of 10 personnel, right? <laughs> We're, this is who you want to be. These are things you can do out of who you want to be that give you a chance to be successful. And that's the stuff that I want to see from Tommy Reese this week. No doubt. You know, you, you know what's exciting out of that too, Brian, is just, you know, Mayer runs a hitch and then you have like a, uh, you have a, a, uh, a slot fade with Tobias working against one of those safeties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's if, the, fun, if they're going to come up and fun. play press, that's yes. the thing you do. And that's what I yes. like about Smash this week too, Ryan, mm-hmm. is if they're mm-hmm. going to come up and play press, man, on the outside, I'm running Mayer on a wide hitch, and I'm having Tobias ISO and spin that corner of the ground and bang him on an outcut. And you know mm-hmm. what you do? You come back after you've run Smash after that. You, you come right back at it. You've hit them with that Smash concept. The next thing you do is you show that Smash again, bang them outside, and then come back inside on a, on a corner post. Yeah. You know, and you – 
you you could even make it a, a smash where you tell Tobias literally what we just talked about. If they come up and press, make it make it a fade instead of the true smash. And or if they're right. off, then you just run the smash. Right. Like there's so much that right. you can do out of that, man. It really ugh. and it's simple stuff. <laughs> it's simple stuff. Yes. It's not real complex stuff. So anyway, no. that's uh those are different things that I want to see. And you hit a couple of those throws out of thirteen personnel, and now Clemson's like, uh oh, what are we, what are we gonna do now? Right. So I, I love it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.